0: Welcome to the Layer 8 Podcast, Season 3, culminating with the Layer 8 Conference on Saturday, October 8th in Providence, Rhode Island. This season, we'll have conversations with social engineers and OSINT investigators who will tell their stories. We hope you enjoy them. Welcome to another episode of the Layer 8 Podcast. we got a special guest for you today. We have Alan Nealon. Welcome, Alan. Hey, uh, glad to be on. For the benefit of our listeners, could you uh, do a little introduction about who you are?
1: Oh, sure. So I'm a, uh, independent security researcher when I'm not at work, I find interesting stuff on the internet. And, uh, so I've been doing what I've been doing for the last five to six years, depending on what one's definition of security research is. And, uh, so I've just been combing through like red, like certificate transparency logs, trying to find interesting, uh, Interesting stuff, um, and it's and it's weird the stuff you find. For example, the uh, a a website that had a open just an open directory, and a ten gigabyte backup of their entire website. <laughs> interesting, uh, uh, interesting stuff you find. It's like, hey, I wonder why this is taking so long to download. Oh wow, wait, this is ten gigs. I've had a security job for just about seven. It'll be eight months in. Two weeks, a week and a half-ish. Prior to that, it was mostly just helping the security people out at my previous job and uh, just finding interesting stuff when I'm not at work.
0: I love it. You're already getting into the stories and already telling the the fun stuff. This is going to be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So let's see. We're going to talk about some things that uh, will probably be on your blog. And you mentioned that you tweet them a little bit. So if people want to check out your blog, you can tell me if I have the site right here at aneland.github.io. Is that where you put all yeah. your stuff? Awesome.
1: Yeah. Although I will say it hasn't been updated in a while because I've been busy with work and just other other stuff. And whatnot, but yeah, I mean, when I when I get the chance, I uh, upload stuff. Uh, I think the last thing I, I did was about six months, six months ago or something like that, just announcing I had gotten a job. And then prior to that, was like just a compilation of a bunch of GitHub gists that I had plastered, like in in lieu of using PasteBin. Uh, my last actual post of stuff was, was co- compiling a, a, a bunch of the, uh, GitHub gists into one Markdown table. It's like, because you gotta, that's, that's, that's how I learned Markdown was having to learn how to, how to make a blog posts without having to spin up WordPress and all that jazz. Yeah. It's either I posted on my blog or I posted on Twitter. With the occasional, uh, if my relatives send me a short uh, screenshot of like some spammy message they got, I'll tear that down.
0: Yeah, so you also post some of your research on Twitter, which people can find you at a kneeling, which yep. is a n e i l a n. And if yep. somebody wants to find the blog, it's the same thing a io. which one of the things that I really like on there is, uh, really the high level of credit that you give to your research, where you actually call it crap I found on the internet. Yeah, (laughs) this is pretty awesome. And really, what I'm one of the first things I wanted to start with is how did you get into this? And well, I guess also, what is the crap that you find on the internet? What is this research that you're doing? When I first started
1: my job at my previous uh employer the, a big hospital network in in Massachusetts i would have this thing called fishing catcher which uh some security researcher i think he's either french or german it's uh, XORS, x0rz and so i would run let that run over overnight while i was at uh while i was asleep and i would you know the and it would dump the basically it would take certificate transparency logs run some python logic on it basically it would score the url so if it had if it had puny code which is like dash dash xn uh it would add like 15 points uh if it had login admin whatever it would add such and such amount of of uh points uh, and it would write URLs or it would write domains with a certain level of sketchiness to a text file called, uh, coincidentally, suspiciousdomains.log. Um, and so I would, uh, when I would wake up, I would comb through the lists, you know, because some of them would not be resolving anymore. Uh, so I would find some and I would, you know, test the usual, you know, slash admin, slash Uh, slash admin, slash login.php. And sometimes you find admin panels for phishing kits. So I would take a screenshot of it, plaster it on Twitter and just, you know, tag a bunch of security researchers I knew at the time and just go on about my day. So yeah, I would basically for, for, for a while, I would do that, uh, rinse, lather, repeat. And then the pandemic happened and we started it all worse. We started uh, working from home. So, I could just, you know, have my laptop next to my work computer and just, you know, when there was some downtime. And so, how I got into how I got into security. So, yeah, I had seen this blog post about, uh, about this fishing catcher. And so I, you know, started using. And then eventually I noticed that not all of the domains that would scroll down through, scroll through the, uh, scroll through the terminal would end up getting written to the uh, to that text file. So I'm like, hmm, I wonder what stuff it's missing or what stuff it's not picking up. So at some point, roughly, I wanna say the writing certain stream to a file about three years ago this past, three years ago this past June uh, is when, like the middle of June is when I have like concrete, like a full day or something, And then you know, at some point in June of 2018, and so from that point on, I would be writing to a file, and then every like every 24 hours or so, or grep for the previous days because it's time stamped in UTC, but or 24 hour time, and so I would write that to uh, pipe that to a file, and then compress it because a a, because 24 hours of Certificate Transparency logs written to a file. Can uh, get pretty big, uh, pretty quick. So yeah, for about three, three years and two months, just about. I've been writing certificate transparency logs, and every so often, I would tag the like relevant hosting providers, and the hosting providers would be like, yeah, "Lol, we'll submit an abuse report." It's like, well, why? Like, I gave you all the information.
0: So when you would start off this search at the beginning of the night, what did you seed it with? Was it just a big range of IP addresses, or what did it search on?
1: Initially, I was doing certain sketchy TLDs, so like the ones that you would be unlikely to find people legitimately traveling to or going to on the internet, like uh, .ml, .cf, .tk, .gq, .ga. Uh, the ones that people wouldn't necessarily be going to on a normal network. At at a certain point, I think maybe a year ago or or so, I uh, noticed that a lot of there there's a lot of these like dynamic DNS providers. So there's like I don't uh, like there's, there's there's a whole host of companies, but they have domains like dot uh, serve irc dot serve mp3 dot serve. At some point I compiled this list of, of all these different dynamic DNS domains. And so uh, every so often I will grut for those p- particular uh, domains and you end up with like a good, about 2000, th- two thousand, like different domains that, that, uh, that are, are registered or re-registered uh, and have their SSL certificates uh, issued. Because basically the way the the way Certificate Transparency works is that as websites are as websites are registered and domain and SSL certs are issued to the such and such uh, domains, uh, they get put into these giant binary logs, and so this cert stream takes the binary data and turns it into ASCII text.
0: Yeah, I think that was going to be my my next question was the Certificate Transparency logs, and you just described a little bit about them, but what kind of information can you get from a certificate transparency log? And how could just a regular end user like myself go start looking into them? Where would I start? And what kind of information can I get from that?
1: To start, you would need to get, like, there's a Python library. There's there's different, like, libraries for search stream Like, for example, uh, dog.io It has different ways to use Cert stream. So, for example, there's the Python library, which you know just pip install cert stream. Um, there's JavaScript, or so npm install cert stream. I haven't used the JavaScript one. There's there's Go. There's Java. Um, so basically, a cert like certificate transparency logs. It will give you. Let me see. It'll give you the timestamp, the log. It's the log. It belongs to the regular domain and then any where it's like subdomains mm-hmm. like so the full it says oh full san it's basically the the additional like subdomains so you mm-hmm. know www. you know
0: blah.com or uh, cpanel.blah.com so you are basically feeding this search stream into fishing catcher and then checking out the results
1: yeah fishing catcher le- leveraged search stream And then at a certain at a certain point, I noticed, huh? Some of this, I noticed some of this, some of the stuff that was getting outputted to the uh, uh, to the shell wasn't showing up in the text file. So I kind of was like, oh, I wonder what uh wonder wonder what stuff it's missing, so or what it's not picking up. So I decided, and it's still going actually. As as we (laughs) as we speak, every so often I have to like close out the command. Uh, move the file, grep for just today, the, the you know the the current day at the time, and then and then write to that new file because eventually it gets to like twenty some odd gigabytes, thirty some odd. I think I think the highest I ever got it was like thirty five gigabytes or something before 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 it would take
0: forever to grep for like the previous day's stuff. So then you would just basically look for things like admin and login and yeah. go ma- manually check those out, which is how you found phishing kits. Now, yeah. uh, do you see lots of different phishing kits? Are there typical phishing yes. kits that lots of people use?
1: There's there's phishing kits for just about anything. Okay. Well, yeah, just about anything. Sometimes very, very sketchy, very, very sketchy stuff. But there's, there's weird ones too. Like, like sometimes the, like I've seen one where it was like the file name dot zip dot zip dot zip, because apparently they thought, what was that? What's that meme? Uh, Yo dog, I heard you like zip files. So we put a zip file inside of a zip file so you can unzip while you unzip or, or something. So sometimes you find like, yeah, so you find a uh, zip files. Sometimes they leave. The log they leave like the log files publicly exposed, but yeah, I I, I've I've been collecting that stuff for going on three and a half years ish, and I've I've got at least a chunk of one of my externals with all stuff that I've found over the last like three years, three four years. And Um, how often
0: do you find these kits like not password protected, just wide open to the world?
1: Surprisingly, the the large majority of phishing kits that I've
0: found at least
1: aren't, aren't encrypted. They're not like you, like you don't have to run, you know, zip to John and feed it to, you know, John, the ripper or Hashcat or whatever. It's a large, uh, a large chunk of a mice. I mean, sometimes they leave the kit there, but they'll make it so you can't go to the directory, but if you know the file name, you can just So if there's like a bunch of web addresses that are all, like in a pattern, like, you know, blah, blah, one, blah, blah, two, blah, blah, three, blah, blah, four. And one has the, like the directory exposed. And so, you know, the file name. And so you can do a sort of guess or a sort of um, assumption or whatever, where it's like, oh, if, if all these domains have this pattern, I wonder if they all have the same file. And sometimes that's the
0: case. So they try to have security by obscurity by hiding these names. Yeah,
1: by 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 turning off by in some cases turning off directory listings.
0: And are these phishing kits available for sale on the web or in the dark uh, web or?
1: Uh, yeah, there there's some on some on the clear web, some on onion sites and whatnot. But uh, yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of research out there. I know there was a talk at I want to say ShmooCon 2020, basically. The it goes after it goes through a bunch of different actors and their OPSEC fails and whatnot, uh, including one that ended up doxing themselves because the back one of their Instagram pictures contained the code that was, or contained a like the like their IDE open their text editor open with a containing with a file containing code that was in like the admin login page or something it was like like if you zoomed in close enough you could see like you could pick out sort of some of some of the html tags and so they they ended up in essence
0: doxing themselves so what is your goal with this research was it to just find these things and report them or was it to learn more about how the phishing kits actually work and to defeat them
1: more so to to report them and get them taken down but on on the other hand, hand or whatever, it's interesting to see like you, like you can have two kits that are roughly the same, and literally the only thing that's different is like the where it's x filling to or or what have you, and then some, it's like vastly different. It's, it's a little it's a little bit about the it's a little bit in the way of um what's the the Pringles once you pop you can't stop or something like that. Once like once you once you start collecting once you start collecting it's kind of hard to. It's like oh that's that's interesting.
0: <laughs> but you probably start noticing after a while that you're collecting a lot of the same things. Do you see yeah. much variation in the kits?
1: Sometimes there there is a lot of variation. Sometimes the the funny thing is is I, or as I like to call it the um the confused fish page where the URL suggests one thing but then you load it up and
0: it's like some other vendor And what types of things do you see these phishing kits trying to do? Do you see really bad kind of stuff? Or is it a lot of times the typical your car insurance has expired type of phishing?
1: So I've, I've, the stuff I've seen, sometimes it's stuff like your credit card information, typically if it's a bank or if it's like a payment processor, you know, your login credentials for that. But yeah, I've, I've heard of, I've heard of, uh, I think I saw an article a while ago where there's there's stuff now where they try to like intercept your two FA codes now.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask that next if you had seen any phishing kits that were intercepting the the MFA. So
1: I'd have I'd have to comb through it, but I may I, I think I may have like seen like one or two. the 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 problem is the the, the vast majority of the phishing kits are are like written in PHP, so it's a lot of like. There's a lot of so in, in in some cases there's a lot of obfuscation. So you have to like, okay, so now I have to do this, like get the, the yeah, it's like it's like multiple layers of like base 64, but sometimes
0: more complicated. Yeah, I think a lot of web shells do those same types of things of multiple layers of base 64 and reverse and just yeah. trying to it, it's you know, it's not encryption or anything, but it's just yeah. like annoying obfuscation sometimes, being able to to figure out. Yeah how many rots that they're, they're off by.
1: Yeah. I saw, I saw one, I think that was like, like two or three layers where it was like base 64, then GZ inflate, then rot 13, and then another base 64. And then that in itself output, another blob of base 64, then
0: GZ inflate. Then like, it's, it's like three or four levels deep. And are you able ever able to see like specific threat actors with this? are you able to determine groups and people? other than like the tags in the in the,
1: the in some of the PHP files they'll put the, they'll they'll brag about they'll brag about you know oh this is so and so and sometimes it'll even be art like for example uh I, I'm trying to I don't remember what which one it was, but it was basically they had an ASCII. Uh, thing of the among us the crewmate thing (laughs) in in like ASCII art although it was text
0: so it was or it was it was just regular text and now you you mentioned that you report them and the companies say to you know send it to abuse do you ever see these fishing kits get taken down is that something that they they actually do and then does it become whack-a-mole where they just keep popping back up again It is a
1: bit of a -a whack-a-mole. It it is a bit of a -a whack-a-mole, but sometimes one of the things I talked I I had um, way back was basically a bunch of these, like it it is a bit of a -a whack-a-mole. There was a bunch of these domains that they were all, and and they were all like .xyz, .icu, um, and I think a couple of .pro, uh, basically where if you hit it, from anything other than a uh, Mac user agent, it would uh, throw you to some like PC optimizer, like the, like the kind of stuff you see, like late, late at night, when you turn on the thing and it's infomercials like, Oh, max your speed. But if you hit it with a Mac user agent, it would redirect you to uh, like an S3 page where it was like a, a flash, like a fake flash update, because this was, this was twenty. 2019 so uh so flash hadn't hadn't yet kicked the bucket boy was it was it did it not come soon enough um so yeah there was a a a metric crap ton of these and so i ended up i ended up submitting like three or four abuse reports of like 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 one of them had like 10 or 11 domains and then a, and then another had, I think it was like two or 300. And then after I had submitted the second abuse report, there was a third, I found a, a third little bunch of them. And so I reported that. And so I got, so I, I got a bunch of emails saying, oh, you know, regarding these domains, they've been, you know, suspended and, you know, it can't be, be moved, yada, yada, yada. It's it, it, the, the, the vendor response is, is interesting. You know, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot different well for some of the red, for the, some of the hosting providers and registrars it's different some of them it's the same especially uh what is it there's a there's a hosting provider i think in like malaysia basically they have uh they have three different like websites one of them is the, their dot com which is like oh you know top tier hosting yada 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 you know top rated support whatever their dot uh com.my is like you know sort of the same <laughs> and their dot cn is like you know bulletproof hosting uh, anti-complaint servers like well then <laughs> you can do whatever you want with one right, of right 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 as long as it's not illegal in our country you we don't care so there was uh, so sort of going back to where i mentioned like sometimes my relatives will send me text spam text messages they get one particular relative they had gotten one of those uh hookup spam texts you know it's like uh hot Hot, hot singles in your area looking to you know, and so. Wait, those aren't real. I I know, I know, right? <laughs> uh, and so I threw it into um, I threw it into Burp Suite. I had it um, do the whole you know uh, pretend it's a a Android. And so it ended up at some like, like the name implies, it ended up at some like website that was like, you know, uh, warning: you will see people you may know, yada yada yada. Um, and so I took a screenshot or I pasted it on on Twitter, and I'm like, hey, uh, hosting provider in question, uh, you may want to take a look at this. And um, so about, and so they asked me to submit an abuse report, and I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. And so I submit an abuse report and they turn and they turn around a couple hours later. They said, thank you for your email regarding such and such domain. Unfortunately, we are not able to investigate the instance of text message spam. Please contact the mobile operator or service provider whose services were used. Like, rah, I'm not looking to get a text message taken down. I'm looking to get a domain taken down.
0: Right. Gives? The Text isn't the problem. It's the where the text message yeah. ends up onto your servers, people.
1: Right, right. Like. And I had a buddy of mine, um, who's not on Twitter anymore, but anyway, he's like, he's like, you know, they, they should have some sort of simple, regular expression that like, you know, if they're, if the domain, someone's trying to register has, you know, XYZ company name and it's not XYZ company name registering it, or I'm trying to think of the other, there's like Mark monitor or like CS, uh, CSC domains or whatever, some of the, you know, major brand, you know, companies, you know, if it's not right, re- if they're not the ones registering it, then, you know, take a, take a quick look, you know, put it with a, a, a you know, give it a little comb over whatever.
0: Yeah. That, that alone would probably make my job as a phishing social engineer much harder if I couldn't register domain names for companies that I'm yeah. not with.
1: Yeah. I had one of the, one of the things was, I had uh I found this domain that was like re- relatively long and um it was obviously not the company in question um so I reached out to their twitter which their which was my first which was my first mistake and I'm like hey you may want to t- cuz I had already tweeted about it I I just linked them to the tweet I'm like hey you may want to take a look at this this is targeting your customers and they're like oh um how did you find that? How did you go about how did you come about that? And so I explained, you know, oh, I comb certificate transparency logs, yada, yada, yada. And they're like, well, since we, uh, since, we, since the, the URL is so complicated, we won't be able to judge if it's a scam or not. What? And then the, the ironic thing is the previous instance was, um, of me contacting them, I was like, oh, hey, here's fish. Uh, go look. And they're like, Oh yeah, we'll pass that over to our legal department. And so it's, it's a bit ironic or it may have been that I got a different person or a new, new, a new guy. There was a, a site targeting a, a particular bank. I used to have an account at you god years ago. And basically the, the, how, how the format was, there was the domain. And then, you know, the root of the site was a subdirectory and then a, and a text file. And then the text file had a bunch of credit card numbers and and whatnot. And uh, uh, usernames and passwords. Oh, and then the subdirectory would contain a live phishing page, and you know the the form the the form on that particular page would then write to that text file at the root of the site. And so I reached out to the uh, particular bank because this was early on in my in my uh, travels. For lack of a better term, I'm like, hey, uh, how do I go about reporting uh, a website that has a bunch of credit card numbers uh, on the root of the thing? They they said, uh, I'm not sure I understand your message. Please send additional information. And I'm like, someone's credit card info is on a phishing site. And they're like, we'll look into this link further. Mind you, I hadn't t- I hadn't given them the domain or anything. I'm like, I was just asking a cursory question because you know, I didn't want my uh door to get barged down because you know CFAA ain't no joke and so you know they uh they never uh they never got back to me and then you know the site eventually stopped resolving uh so i guess win sort
0: of and do and do any of these companies do something nice like we've heard that there are bug bounty programs for websites and applications has anybody ever rewarded you for reporting these things um not that i can
1: recall other than a other than a you know thanks for the heads up there there should be there should be some uh, something similar
0: yeah if they were to incentivize reporting these and finding these then i would think some of these phishing sites would get found and hopefully taken down much more quickly
1: yeah and so the 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 so the last thing that sort of ties into where i where i work basically and this was a year and a half ago like tw- like the middle of 2020 like july ish well when i was doing the initial research so remember how i mentioned how i would pick a you know sketchy t- top uh, top level domains that you know you wouldn't expect people to be going to uh, so i was combing through i think dot top which why but anyway so i was combing for domains through, uh, with with you know dot top and dot club or whatever, and so I found a bunch of them, and they all had phishing uh, kits that were targeting uh, a bank in Guam, literally the bank of Guam. And so I posted it on Twitter. I uh, you know I, I uploaded the kit to to Malshare I think because it was because it, it was within the five megabyte uh, uh, file size constraint at the time, and so I, I uploaded that. And then like two months later, I get a tweet. Or I get a DM from their account, their their fish feed account. They're like, hey, we we uh want to let you know we we featured you in a uh, article. Um, and so basically, you end up scrolling down like halfway through, and there's there's a uh you know it's it says there are several online posts from threat hunters yada yada yada. Since we have since then we have found this email address appears in 74 kits on all on all on unique domains, and they and they linked to my tweet. And so it's, it's like, you know, a year and a half later or a year and a half later, you know, I get a job working at the, you know, at that particular company. You know, it's like, I think, I think they call that full circle.
0: I was Um, just about to say that the, the irony of everything coming full circle, you, you tweet something out, somebody sees it to protect a bank. And then a few months later, you end up with a job there. (laughs) Yeah. Alan Nealon, thank you so much for coming on and talking about your research on the Larry podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me.